Sandman has been a C plus so far. Anyway, hey everyone, Are you sh- welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you better leave that in. <laughs> Fight. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we bare knuckle box each other over comic books. I'm your host, Dallas. And I'm Alexis. And I'm angry. What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's. I'm in a spicy mood today and decided to pick fights at like 7 a.m. And so here we are, bare knuckle boxing. Alexis has COVID, so she doesn't have taste or smell. And we can tell because of the book she picked for this week. (laughs) You are so mean. How long long did it take you to think of that? How long did you have a long time? I honestly, the joke came and it immediately came out of my mouth. There is no... Revision no process. No. Now, um, if you're new here, because we interviewed Kelly Thompson, thanks. Very neat of you. <laughs> Welcome. I would say this isn't normally how it is, but it is. So, yeah, Alexis, do you want to introduce the book we're talking about this week? It's good. I was just being mean. Dallas I liked it. He's just a bully. He likes to pick on me, and it's fine. It happens every day been happening since i was born so all right welcome everyone to this episode i picked lock and key for our next part of spooky month by joe hill and gabriel rodriguez so that has been wonderful i thought it was fun until everybody decided to roast the shit out of me today (laughs) so i might just leave well tell us why did you pick this you you said at the beginning of the month that you are not a spooky expert. So what drew you to to Lock and Key? So, and then maybe tell us what you thought about it. It was... I thought it was fun. I liked it. <laughs> you haters. Dallas is a hater, and I'm going to kick him from this call. But um, I actually chose Lock and Key from a recommendation. So I did a super, super fun interview a few... I guess it was months ago now um, on this podcast and it is still in our feed. So if you want to go listen to it, it's super, super fun. I think it's episode 13 or 14. I'm going to double check that. But um, yeah, so I got it from a recommendation and I just kind of had it on the back burner forever and on my list. And I, Dallas was like, Hey, it's a spooky book. We can read it if you want. And we'll probably quit if we do, but it's fine. And so here we are. <laughs> here we are. Good. And I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I got through it. I got through it. Sorry, I'm trying to find my own podcast on the podcast app and it's not working for me here. Good. Good for you. Love it. I don't we follow us. We... So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. Um... This makes great radio. Anyway, yeah. while she does that. Lock and Key is a book that has existed in my periphery for a very long time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I like very much have said it's one of their favorite comics ever. And I've always been like, huh, interesting. And so it was very interesting to dive into it myself for the first time. Sort of bringing with it the expectations that so many people loved it. Um, But, Anne, I know you have a sort of (laughs) of a past and some opinions about this book. I... 
tried to read this book last year. I started volume one and I got maybe three issues in before I just said, nope, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to return this. I'm done. And I think I mentioned on Twitter, I opened the book back up because Comixology, when you borrow a book again, it remembers exactly where you left off. I opened it up and the first thing I saw was um, our main, <laughs> one of our main antagonists giving a trucker roadhead. And I'm like, okay, I remember exactly when and why I left off on this book. It was, um, being honest, it's one of those books where it's like, everyone's like, I love it so much. So I wanted to give it a shot, gave it a shot and just couldn't get into it. And we were talking Dallas, you and I yesterday, just like, Maybe if we keep going, it gets better. Like if we get into it, then maybe maybe it picks up. And it did. I liked volume two better than volume one, and I liked volume three better than volume two. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot good there. I still have a lot of critiques about it, a lot of things that didn't vibe well with me and that hopefully the series addresses as it goes on. Because I believe there's seven volumes altogether, each one just like its own little mini. That's six. I can count six, six volumes. And yeah, it's it was actually pretty interesting towards the end but i don't know if i would like necessarily describe it as a horror book because i don't think other than one panel or two that there was anything that even kind of unnerved me about it i agree i feel like it wasn't very scary i kind of forgot that it was october and that was the whole purpose of why we were reading it other than the one freaking scene where she crawls out of the freaking well holy shit that was okay don't you grab that child you better not Ooh. Yo, when you saw her coming up out of the... I was yeah, like, ooh, that's a witch. I would be lying if I wasn't like... <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't expecting it to. And also, Comixology totally lets that sneak up on you, too. The way that mm-hmm. you, like, swipe through it. Yeah. It's like, oh, hi. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was one of the things, because I think I expected it to be, like, a flat-out horror. And the way everyone talked about it, I was like, oh, I love this book so much. It's one of the best horror stories ever. And I'm like, okay, I expect something pretty spoopy. I, I got no spoops. I got minimal spoops. I got, it feels like it evolves into the supernatural thriller, like the supernatural action book. And I think that's where it works best. And I think it, I think it lives pretty well there. I'm, I'm happy with where it ended up. I just, the horror aspects of it beyond just like conceptually what it's about and, you know, bad things happen in it. I just didn't feel it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that assessment. I feel like I would, say it's dark fantasy in the same way that i i would never say hellboy is a horror comic but even like, like Hellboy's a little more halloweeny than this is mm-hmm. but like yeah, like even the murder wasn't like the murders and all that aren't even that scary but well, maybe that's, that's just, just me because i have no feelings so you're calloused <laughs> also zodiac killer got discovered oh oh we're not talking about that right now otherwise we're <laughs> not gonna get a full podcast so pause gary the zodiac killer Freaking Gary, a guy named Gary. Are you kidding me? What did you think I his hope. name would be, Mister Zodiac? Like, I, I, of I, course I his name is something stupid. I thought it was Ted, to be honest. I was but Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz exactly. is the Zodiac killer, honestly. He's the other one. He's the assistant. I just like the idea of the Zodiac killer going to see Zodiac. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, one hundred percent. He watched Zodiac. Wait, you saw his uh, Jeffrey Dahmer movie review, right, Alexis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I'm so, ooh, ooh, I'm so bitter, so bitter and so angry. <laughs> I know like next to nothing about the Zodiac Killer other than he created a cipher and killed a lot of people. Well, did you know like some random dude in Denmark is the reason that they figured it out? Because in quarantine, he was like, I'm going to relook at, because the- there were some of the ciphers that they never figured out ever. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, this dude was like, I'm just going to read them and like, look at them again because I'm bored and in quarantine. And he solved them. And they were like, look back at them and they have his name in them. So, boom. Boom, oh. bam. That's how you fix that. <sighs> well, to celebrate at the end of the month, we'll read an actual good comic um, <laughs> from <laughs> your boy Alan Moore about now. Jack the Ripper. Oh, I probably made it a chapter in. It's it's going to be an odyssey. It's going to be an adventure. Is it a good oh, odyssey or I don't know the yet. odyssey? <laughs> I just realized I'm like, that took me like an hour to read 27 pages. And I have no idea what's going on. Good. Good. Oh, That's joy. my goal for this oh, podcast, honestly. I'll be real. If we get into it and I'm not digging it, I am perfectly okay to change to something else. I have no desire to like power through. My relationship with Alan Moore is, if it's not working, I drop it. Sorry, Alan. Well, you know, if you do that, he's going to curse your ass. What's he going to do? Send another pandemic? He already sent this one for the Watchmen TV show. Famous last words. I'm marking those down. Because he yeah, hurt you. To, I'm going straight to jail. <sighs> Boy. Okay, All right. what, what do we like about this book? Because there, there are good things in here. I liked a lot of it. A lot more than I thought I was going to at the end of the first volume, at least. I actually really like where the kids end up. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a compelling cast. I I have issue with the portrayal of some of the characters, but we're talking about nice things right now. And so, I don't know. I felt like the kids all had believable relationships with each other. I feel like they all were handling trauma in different ways that felt realistic. And I feel like the story moved really well. You know, it didn't feel like it chugged, really. I always was interested in what was going on. And just the concept of the magic keys that all have different abilities is super fun, you know? And kids tied up in magic is always very fun. Even if both versions of kids with magic that I've interacted with now have weird ties with being transphobic a little bit. But we can talk about that later. Wait, what was the other one? Was the other one... Harry Potter. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that we could talk all day about how the books aren't transphobic, but the writer certainly is. Yes. <laughs> There's, um, like, like you said, I really liked the idea of different keys that do different things. Like, and when some of them come out, like when they use the giant key, I literally so said, inventive. oh shit, out loud. I loved it. They're so inventive and fun. Mm-hmm. The fact the giant key is actually a giant key. That was, that was beautiful. And I kind of, I kind of sneak peeked a little bit towards the last volume. And I know that it comes back and I know who uses it. And it's actually pretty funny. So that I, I need, I, I also appreciate that in the collected volumes, they include a list of like all the keys that we know about so far in the back and give like just a little old timey explanation for what they do. Mm-hmm. Did y'all have like a favorite key? Like if you could have one of these keys, which one would it be? Definitely the brain key because I hate reading, so I would put all of the comics in my head every morning, every Sunday morning. <laughs> Straight uh, to jail. The Cheeto key, okay. I dig. I I like the the medicine cabinet. I thought that was a really really fun standalone oh, yeah. issue actually, and also I would love to just have something that if I, like I'm someone that gets very upset when my stuff gets messed up. Like if I get yes. like a stain on a shirt or like 
a tear on a book. Or the other day, I was reading a comic in the tub, you know, as one does. Oh, my God. And my cat was like, I'm going to tightrope along the edge of the bed, back and forth, back and forth. She was singing that Greatest Showman song. And then she fell into the tub because she's a fat ass. And then being a cat was like, nope, and launched herself (laughs) up out and brought with her a tidal wave all over the comic I was reading. And I was like, "Ah, guess who's going to the shelter today? And that's why I don't have a cat anymore, actually. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What comic, please? It was my Thor omnibus, my Walt Simonson Thor omnibus that I was reading. So I held it in front of my AC for like two hours until it was fine. And now you can't really tell anything happened to it now. But Okay, good. good. I was grumpy as hell for a little while. So I would love to have that cabinet to just plop all of my things into. So they're always pristine. Nice. I like that. How about you? <laughs> I think I, I tweeted about it yesterday. The gender key wouldn't be too bad to have. But also, the Anywhere key would be so helpful. Imagine saving all that money on never having to use a car or gas. That's just so perfect. Magic. Waking up an hour later to go to work, that would Mm -hmm. rule. That would rule so hard. Oh, I can get down with that. Just kidding. I wake up 10 minutes before my shift and then I leave. (laughs) I wake up My shift just starts at 3 p.m. (laughs) I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. It's horrible. Like an adult. Like I can't believe you wake up a half an hour before me. That's ridiculous. I thought mm. I woke up early. I know. I always like hopping on Twitter at the butt crack of dawn and being like, the only other person on here is Anne and the French. <laughs> the French. Leave the French alone. <laughs> we love our French. We love our French friends. <sighs> All right, Alexis, what else did you like about this comic book? Um, I feel like personally, I really vibed with the characters. Like, I really liked, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I understood all their different ways of coping, if that makes sense. Like, I could see, like, the big brother receding into himself, like, doesn't know how to process things, ignores everything. Like, the younger sister gets snappy and bitchy, just like me in high school. <laughs> gives their mom a literal living hell um and then like we get this interesting sight of like the little brother who is six in the comics and he like doesn't really get have a full grasp of everything you know and I feel like it's just interesting to kind of see all these different coping mechanisms play with each other if that makes sense of how they try to um get each other to understand yeah totally um, what do we think of the mom and her coping mechanisms? It's because I didn't love it. I didn't love it either. It's I feel like because I went through this whole thing when I was reading through um everything Carol went Carol Danvers went through in the 90s with her Avengers run through music. Alcoholism is something that needs to be handled with a lot of tact. I think you need to be very <laughs> it needs to make a point for one. It needs to. You need to be able to see growth. You need to handle it with respect. And I'm just, the way the story ends, the way we, you know, the story ends at the end of volume three, I'm not sure. It, I'm like trying to find the right words for it. It does, it didn't vibe with me in the way I was hoping it would. 
Like, I understand it. I understand the choices for it. But I, it's just not clicking. It very much reminded me of Invincible and Debbie mm-hmm. Grayson in the comic, where yeah. there mm-hmm. certainly seems to be a trope in comic books of this woman can't deal with her emotions, mm-hmm. and so she's going to turn to the bottle. Because, you know, like, Tony Stark is also famously an alcoholic, but after mm-hmm. Demon in the Bottle, he's pretty much conquered that because he is right. an awesome man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you have to watch so many mothers in particular in comics just like become blubbering messes that can't handle anything else when like their teenage son is somehow handling it better than like the adult woman you know what i mean it just yeah. like, it it feels very like, we're better than that squicky to me you and know? it's like i think they try to cover up for it by introducing elements of you know like um, content warning for anyone listening at home this book does involve a lot of you know like alcoholism abuse and um sexual assault so just to put that out there these are topics that might come up going forward um because at the beginning of this book it is insinuated that she was assaulted by one of the people that like sexually assaulted by one of the people that killed her husband and that was one of, I think that was one of the first things that put me off of this book because that's another huge trope that I'm just, you know, sick to death of is just we need trauma for X female character. What could we do? Oh, I know. We're gonna go with sexual assault because that's the only traumatizing thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, because your and husband dying is not traumatizing enough. Exactly. It's just the way a lot of the women in this book are handled was probably like my biggest like not 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 happy thing about it but her especially i just feel like it's there so that she has this reason to be sad for so long and that's why i'm hoping that like the arc eventually does go somewhere and she does get over this but it's i don't like the way it was set up for this to be like her through line i don't like that her through line doesn't seem to be one of strength and it's just kind of one of her feeling really miserable that just felt pretty mean-spirited for a lot of things and like this book it has like a very stephen king vibe where it's like everything we want everything to be bitterly realistic no matter how much that sucks because real life can suck and i'm just not sure if it's always pulled up off with the maturity or purpose that it needs to have for it to work yeah and i also just i mean joe hill being stephen king's son he's obviously influenced Mm -hmm. by stephen king obviously Mm -hmm. and the biggest thing that has always kept me away from stephen king books actually i've never read a stephen king book because every time i want to someone will be like oh that one's great it has a super graphic like sex thing in it though that's kind of weird you know what i mean like i want to read it forever but i'm like i don't want to read that scene in it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean understandable it just felt like this book had a couple of that scenes in it, you know, where I'm just mm-hmm. like, what is like, there's obviously a horror to sexuality that exists in this family that like, I don't exactly drive with. I don't like having intimacy and sex portrayed as horrifying by the King family. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a very common theme and I can definitely like, to be honest, I'd forgotten for the longest time before I started reading this that Joe Hill was Stephen King's son. So that when I was reading this, I'm actually like, this has a lot of Kingisms about it. And I actually Googled him like, oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> that makes sense. That clicks. Um, it's it's hard because 
when I was in school, and I've said it before, it's like we got taught that the definition of literature is the sincere representation of a view of life expressed in appropriate and memorable terms. And what's appropriate doesn't always mean like it's, you know, like it's wholesome, it's good, it's family friendly. Appropriate means like you're being honest to what the story is supposed to be. You're being sincere. You're telling the story that's meant to be told. And there's places in stories for graphic things. Like if you want to make a point about these things, you have to, well, one, you have to make a good point, but you can do it if you execute it properly. I'm just not sure if this comic pulled that off. Yeah, I agree. I do want to say more nice things about Alexis's book, though, because I don't want to just feel like we're bullying <laughs> this book. Because I get, No, I but like... they're all valid points, though. Like, they have to be talked about. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's not the whole book. You know, right. you can't yeah. just leave them out. It's just, it's tricky, because, like, I liked this book. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, I had a fun time reading this book. Mm-hmm. I the my biggest takeaway actually was, oh, this is how I would feel if I read all of those two thousands comics that I've read before for the first time right now. Yeah, you know, because like I I read Why the Last Man the first time years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember really liking it, and so now even when I go back and read it with new lenses that I've been afforded by meeting new wonderful people, having my mind expanded, you know, mm-hmm. I still bring a fondness to the book that allows me to forgive stuff that I didn't have for this book, you know? Mm-hmm. And so reading this book over and over again, I kept being like, oh, that is, that aged like milk. Ooh, yeah, that is something I'm not okay with, you know? And so it was an interesting exercise for me where I was like, there are a lot of books just like this that I really like because I read them 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so yeah, it just, and it, it was interesting how it's just it's only 10 years old but there's a lot of things that it talks about and a lot of ways it handles certain things that just wouldn't pass today like i keep thinking about to the um the homophobic i call them quote-unquote homophobic quote-unquote lesbian couple you know that yeah. assaulted them in the bar that was something that was so immediately striking to me because i'm like this is a bizarre depiction and it's like Forgetting that 2010 was still five years before gay marriage was even legalized nationally in America. <laughs> and it keeps reminding me, like, just how far that's come in so little time. It's 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 strange to go back and look at. But I think besides the book not aging well, there's there's still good stuff here. Like, I think you, you mentioned the characters. I really like um. What's the oldest son's name? Tyler. Tyler. I really like Tyler. His character is really, really cool. I like everything he's gone through. And the daughter, um, she really picked up after the first volume. I wasn't happy with how she was handling the first volume, but I really liked her looking inside her own head and taking out her own fears. I think mm-hmm. that really opened up an interesting avenue for where she's going to go going forward. And it made her, I think, it sucks because it's like, once you're not afraid of anything, I liked you a lot more as a character, but I actually had a lot of fun with this fearless character, especially mm-hmm. in that issue where they went to the underground part where the, the tide was yeah. rising and they got stuck. And she was just kind of really calm and keeping everyone together through that whole thing and how she was the one that figured out how to save them. I thought that was really interesting. I mm-hmm. thought that was a really good use of that. I think it was also cool to have a discussion about how there are positive and negatives to wanting to shut off the negative emotions in your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a very real phenomenon I have felt in my life is that, like bad emotions are bad and should be shut down. You know what I mean? Like it's not okay to be sad. It's not okay to be angry. Like, mm-hmm. You have to be happy and brave and 
all the good things all the time. And I think a big part of becoming an adult has been realizing I get to feel negative emotions. I just shouldn't let them run my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's actually a really interesting conversation that's beginning to be had in this book that I'm excited. Like I, I find myself excited to read the rest of this book. Should we choose to, you know? Oh, we choose to. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see this all pay off when we read the second half of the story. Yeah. Yeah, So that's the funny thing. Like when I was first reading the first volume, I was like, I had to push myself to get through it. I'm like, just finish the first volume, get to the second volume, you'll figure it out. And I actually, I breezed through like the second half of the second volume and the third volume in like half an hour because they were just, Mm -hmm. they were smooth. They were really easy to read. I was really interested by them. Um, It was if we continued the story, I'd actually be pretty interested. I looked and all of them are on Comixology except for the last volume. But I'm like, if I read the next couple and I like them, I probably wouldn't have any problem buying the last one just to see how the story ends. And also, I can just get it and then give you my login. <laughs> if that's what <laughs> that we works. decide to do. I mean, he already how, does that. That's how so. two-thirds of this Perfect. podcast reads their comics. <laughs> oh, Fair <my>. enough. <laughs> Okay. Susan is having a come apart behind you, Dallas. She is. My cat is singing the song of her people. <laughs> My cat always does that. Like, she starts playing with toys and she starts meowing for some reason. And I don't know why. I'm not sure if she's because she wants me to play with her or, or what. I know at night when I go to bed, I hear her meowing in the other room. It's because she's too fat to get up on the bed. She makes me get out of bed. <laughs> Go get her, pick her up, and put her on the bed so she can sleep on the bed with me. She's like, Mom, Mom exactly. Me. And I'm like, Oh, you're so pathetic. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, but, oh. she needed a cat. Is that <laughs> true? Go Every book it. needs a cat. Every book needs a cat. But no, I wanted to ask who's everybody's favorite character, though, so far? Like, specifically. I like uh, Quentin Choir, the friend that the girl made. Uh, oh my god the scrawny kid (laughs) he was just so quentin choir that i was like Mm. ah i love me the trope of the dickhead punk kid that actually has a little bit of a squishy center even though that's Mm -hmm. not who quentin choir was fun fact quentin choir was an alt-right punk awful kid meant to be a bad example that got like himboed into the comics for some reason yeah. i'm always like how do we turn the neo-nazi kid into like this charming like pink-haired gwenpool's boyfriend i've never <laughs> i've never gotten that yeah you know that line from knives out the nazi child masturbating in the bathroom that's <laughs> choir. like i hate to break to you i like the character in the oh. morrison run i think he's mm-hmm. interesting i think he's a fun critique grant morrison called out incels 10 years before they started to crawl out of reddit so Ugh. God bless my prophet, Vomit. Grant Morrison, but I like I liked the punk friend. I basically I like to see her name's Kelsey. Did I make that up? I think it's Kinsey. Kinsey. Kinsey, that's right. I was bad at remembering these kids' names. Fun uh-huh. fact. I realized in like volume three, I was like, oh no, I don't remember any of your names. I don't know the mom's name. Mom. Her name's Mom, capital yeah. M. <laughs> <laughs> and Bodie. Bodie's my favorite. Love him. I Bodie was an interesting animal for me because there are a lot of times where I'm reading it, I'm like, how old is he supposed to be again? Because he's very put together. Mm-hmm. He is a very put together child. I think I'm that's like, I would, point. Yeah. 
I'm like, I wish my life was as put together as Bodie's was. Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because we get to see how differently he comprehends what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, this door kills me and it's so fun. Like, I'm going <laughs> to run through it once a day. This is the funnest thing that's ever happened. And yeah, he just constantly is mm-hmm. overly killing himself running through the store to turn into a little ghost that he thinks is the funnest thing that's ever happened. Then he also finds this scary lady in the well, and he's like, this is fine. This is fine behavior. It's going, mm-hmm. it's going great. So, yeah. I actually love the idea that the keys, like, find him, basically. Mm-hmm. That yeah. As the little boy, he's the most open to the magic. Mm-hmm. And just sort of the, the throwaway line, that like, oh, adults' brains are usually black and white, unless mm-hmm. they're high or drunk, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, what an interesting concept to think about, like, because kids do see magic in the world. Right. Right. And to build a whole story around that concept made me really happy. Yeah. And say, fun fact, that's another pretty big Kingism. Like, that's a huge plot point of, like, it and some of his other books. And, yeah, I, it, it always kind of pays off because it, I actually I think it's one of the things that kind of beats the horror element from it. Because whenever you tell the story from the kid's perspective, which this very much is, I feel like it doesn't get as dark as it can be, if that makes sense. I agree. Um, do we want to talk about the antagonist a little bit? Which one? Uh, not Damn. the serial killer kid. I want uh, to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about Dodge. 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 What Luke or we, Zach? Yeah. What, what do we think of that character? One of them. Spooky. A little bit makes me uncomfy. <laughs> I don't know. What very think? Very conniving. I don't. It's strange because it's like I feel like we don't know anything about them. Yes. And I don't think we're supposed to. I think we know, like, there's some sort of history with them and, you know, the father and everyone else who was in that, like, kid group oh, years and, ago. Oh, like, the poor coach from the school. Yeah. That woman. Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad for that woman. She is just abused on every single level of this entire yeah. book. And mm-hmm. it's so sad. Another woman who is suffering from sexual abuse during the, the course yes. of the story. So It <laughs> comes up too much. Yeah, yes. it comes up too much. Yeah. I Ugh. once is too much for my taste, frankly. Mm-hmm. But what, like three times in this book. Mm-hmm. No thanks. It's, no yeah. thanks. I don't like it. The the scene where he comes in on her in the shower. Yeah, and it's yeah. That's itchy. Yeah, because that is that scene. I just remembered, but uh it's it's chilling. And the way I think um Speaking of, like, chilling, I think the best thing about him is he's just so calculating in everything he does, especially once he's out of the well. I think it's just insane. It's one of those protagonists where it's like, every time he's in the room, I I shiver a little bit because I don't trust him because he's always conniving. It's like when they had the head key and he's just casually there and they're showing him, I'm like, get him out of the room. No. I can't see this. I don't have another key. He's not allowed. And the things he the things he does with the key too just no thank you every time he gets a hold of one of the keys i'm like no (laughs) stop it right now shadow key Ooh. Ooh, yeah that was nightmares but if like really if something happened like that in my house i would never sleep in a house ever again (laughs) like i'm gonna live in the park i want to there are no shadows (laughs) there's never a shadow in the park (laughs) Maybe that's why they sleep under street lamps. You know, there's. This, I wanted to talk about the shadow key just a little bit because I think that's one of the 
places where the book could have done better. And I think a lot of places where the book could have done better comes down to the art. Because I think art really sells a horror story. Mm -hmm. And if you want, like, an entire section where shadows come alive and start, you know, dancing around and trying to smother people to death, I think that's a moment where the art can really sell that. That can be a really horrific scene. But I think the coloring in this book is very light. There's never a moment where I see the shadows and they feel like shadows. They feel like big... Black black characters. Right? Symbiotes. They are symbiotes. Exactly. And those don't scare me. No. And I talked on Twitter the other day. It's like, I wish I knew more about coloring so I could critique it because I don't feel like I have good critiques of colors. But I feel like this is one of the books where I do. Everything's too light. I can see too much. And the things that should unnerve me don't because they just feel too flat if that makes sense well the one panel too much yeah the one panel that we all uh, have agreed actually scared us was the dodge coming up out of the well Mm -hmm. right and that is the darkest creepiest like we haven't seen dodge yet really Mm -hmm. we just see the sort of shape horror is best when it's far away Exactly. Basically. Yeah, when you can't see it. That's yeah. been my big takeaway. I've been reading a lot of Lovecraft this October, and my takeaway every single time was the thing that Lovecraft was the very best at was keeping horror far away. Mm-hmm. Every time you start to get a little bit close to what's going on, Lovecraft moves it another 10 steps back. And so it's never not creepy. It crawls up your spine. You hate it. You read these lines that you're like, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. And lock and key is almost the opposite, where you get walked through how every single thing works. Mm-hmm. And that can, mm-hmm. it's, it makes for a very fun fantasy story, but it's not a very scary story. Yeah, I wouldn't lump this in like the horror category, like it's mm-hmm. portrayed to be. But I right. think Anne has a point about the art, because like if Jock drew this, or if Aaron mm-hmm. Campbell drew this, It'd be, way It'd be way scarier. <laughs> it's almost too cartoony. Like, I yes. don't know. I feel like I feel like the ghosts or the shadows or whatever would show up and I'd be like, oh hi. Like, what you do what you doing? Why yeah. why is this tiny T Rex in my bedroom? Like, <laughs> you are not scary to me. Or like the Peter Pan shadow. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. It was a cool little shifty moment. I liked when it's like still around after the shadow key wasn't like in use anymore. Yeah. But it's just talking about like I shared on the one panel of um Tyler eating pizza and there's the one like hulking behind him. It's like that has potential to be like the scariest panel in this whole book. But I'm like putting it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, make this into a meme, please, because it looks funny to me. <laughs> it does. And yeah, it's just, I think it's just, I like that you mentioned it's cartoony. That was my thought to the first thing. The, everyone just looks so cartoony. It's hard for yeah, me to take them seriously. Yeah, it's not scary. Like, I don't know. Like even with like last week's, episode with how for example like the wolf was portrayed in that issue like that was scary i know it's a wolf if i saw it it's a wolf okay but the way that they drew it with the lighting and bringing it down having it dark and eerie like that makes Mm -hmm. it scary so if they did that with other characters or other like that they did that with dodge coming out of the well like that's why that is so scary is because we can barely like we get that it's dark and eerie mm-hmm. and it's nighttime and they're coming to get Bodhi. And so, I don't know. I feel like it could have been done better. Yeah. It's curious because I'm thinking about it now. It's like most of my problems with the story just come down to like treatment of women and how some of the characters like 
handle their traumas. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, the story works for me. I think it's always yeah, whenever I have a problem with bones. it, it's the art. <laughs> it's got the bones. bones story, but in a comic, someone once mentioned like the writer is just like the screenwriter, but the artist is like the director, the cinematographer, the producer, the editor. They have all these different roles, and. If, unless you have them firing on all cylinders, then it's not a complete movie, if that makes, if describing it in those terms. No, I think that's perfect. Um, there's a super bad habit in comic critique and comic criticism of giving the writer all the credit. Exactly. <laughs> and it is most certainly the other way around. Like, there's a reason you're reading a comic book and not a prose novel. You know yeah. what I mean? Pictures. It's the artwork. <laughs> it's the visual storytelling. And I I can't help but agree that the artwork, well, I thought it was nice artwork. I thought mm-hmm. that it was, there are sometimes I read a comic and I'm like, this is not professional. Like, <laughs> this is, this is subpar. Shout out to, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus because okay. they draw better than I do. And, but Lock and Key, it had good art. It just wasn't scary art. Mm-hmm. It was art that made this into a fantasy story instead of a horror story. And so I do think it's interesting that this is so many people say this is a favorite horror book of theirs. Yeah. And they use exactly that word. Yeah. I, yeah. Because that was one of the reasons I picked it up is because someone said, this is a scary book. This is a scary book. Well, it's also like the covers are foreboding. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the covers are great. The first ish, the first volume being called like, Welcome to Lovecraft. I was like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Give me some tentacles, baby. Mm-hmm. And what do what do Lovecraft fans and hentai fans have in common? Tentacles, baby. <laughs> ah. All right, and so that's been another episode of the comics. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna leave sorry. now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I'll tell you one thing that the art really did sell for me. I really, it unnerved me watching Bodhi walking around with that hole in the back of his neck. Yes. That makes me uncomfy. Yes. They do a good job of show, not tell, actually. I don't feel like, especially Joe Hill coming from where he did, there is very much a habit of prose writers to overwrite comic books when Mm -hmm. they come to them. I don't feel like that was a problem that Joe Hill ever had. It's funny you mentioned that because I I heard stories of Stephen King trying to write the the Dark Tower adaptations and how he would turn in scripts for the the comics that would be like 80 pages long. And they're like, what is this? This is for one issue. Calm down, sir, please. I need to draw this. I don't have time to read all this. So it's it's good that they they found that balance there and that he seems to handle it a lot better. That's a comic I want to read. I just realized I'm reading through The Gunslinger again right now. I, I kind of want to read those comics because Jai Lee is the perfect. You want to talk about the perfect artist for like a Stephen King horror series? Jai Lee nails that because I, I used to look through. I used to flip through pages while I was shelving them at the library. That's that's a perfect combination between like a king and an artist. I'll have to check it out. Again, never read any Stephen King. I've got The Shining on my shelf to read soon, but haven't gotten to it yet. Actually, I think The Shining's pretty good. I don't think there's anything too graphic in it. The Shining actually is one of the, like, scariest chapters of any book I've ever read. Really? Yeah, it's (laughs) when a prose chapter has me shivering at night, you know it's good. 
it's I wish I could tell you exactly which chapter. It's just phenomenal. I'll and then we can it. talk I, about that compared to the movie. Yes, I love the movie, and I know the book is very different, and yes. so I am interested because I talking of adaptations, I've become really sick of like one for one adaptations. Mm-hmm. basically after I watched and loved Game of Thrones and then didn't like the ending. And so I was like, I'll go read the books. And I read the first two books and I was like, man, that was scene for scene. Yep. Like I got mm-hmm. like 5% more from reading the books. I was like, why did I just spend 80 hours listening to these on Audible when I could have just <laughs> watched them again? And it like, it really made me assess. And 80 hours is not an exaggeration. You both are laughing mm-hmm. at me. It's not. That's how nope. long. Each of those books I is believe four, it. 40 hours on Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I It just really made me think, like, what is the point of an adaptation unless it brings something mm-hmm. new? Exactly. We I took a screenwriting class in college. It was one of my favorite classes I took. And they to go over, like, adapt the story, but you will lose points if you just write down point A to point B to point C. If you just put this, except in dialogue form, I will take points off. So I had to tell like one story that was like really interesting concept. It was told from like the end of the story to the beginning of the story. That mm-hmm. was fun. Having to do that in like flashbacks was really interesting. Adaptation is hard. Don't let anyone tell you that it's easy to adapt anything because it's just impossible. The fact we've gotten as many good comic book movies as we have is unreal. <laughs> and I, I think the, the most fun ones are the ones that take the spirit of the thing and exactly. run with it you know like mm-hmm. having just read walt simonson's thor it only made me like um thor ragnarok more you know mm-hmm. so i'm like oh you took the characters and the the big bombastic feel but you made it so taika waititi exactly you know? and that's so much more fun than something like like game of thrones where it's this is just one for one once i see one i don't need the other mm-hmm. you know yeah. Say, so speaking of adaptations, though, this one actually has a Netflix adaptation, I believe. I'm literally going to watch it today. So I. That will... was. <laughs> I'll tell everyone. I'll Good. tweet about it. Because <laughs> I was going to ask, would you be willing to watch the Netflix adaptation after reading this book? Because I've been thinking about it. Well, yeah, because I saw your tweet, like, because you were talking to. You were tweeting with somebody about it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, you're lying. You're lying. This is not on. This is. I could have watched this and not read it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is not a high school English class. That was me in high school. I was going to say, I watched Life of Pi and didn't read it. But No way. Just kidding. I did read it. That was a good book. Okay. Because that, that, that one was going to hurt my soul. My English that book teacher, slaps. Yeah. She read us that book Ooh. through like an entire year. That was beautiful. She did good it for book. like every class. She loved that book. Yeah. We would like read a part and then she'd let us watch the movie for it on Fridays. It was great. Oh, that's like neat. little bits and pieces of it. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. I think I would actually love to be a high school English teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. I'm good at it. Yeah, just make kids read books. They'd be like, can you explain these grammatical things? I'd be like, no, you just kind of vibe. Like, just read <laughs> enough. Really just read <laughs> enough that you kind of can tell when it's wrong. That's mm-hmm. really where I'm at. Yep. I'm like, if you read thousands of books, you'll figure it out. And they're like, that no, please teach me the rules. I'm like, mm-hmm. this language is awful. It's six yeah, languages exactly. in a trench coat. Shut the yeah. fuck up and just read and figure it out. I'm sorry. 
say just to talk about Stephen King again for a second, I have his um on writing book, which is just like, here's how you write a book. He has a whole section where he's just like, grammar rules don't really matter. If you want to throw, throw in commas for emphasis, they don't, it doesn't matter. Use commas where you want commas to break up the sentence. And I take that rule to heart probably too often because oh, I think I've I'm forgotten comma how fiend. commas are supposed to be used. <laughs> I'm a comma fiend. I use them conversationally, except I love an aside. If mm-hmm. you secret to Dallas Taylor's writing, look for the asides. There's one in everything. In <laughs> tweets, you'll be like, where's the aside? Where? Oh, there it is. There's the little sentence within a sentence. Only Marked 240 two characters. Comments. 240 characters. And he, he put an aside in 240 characters. <laughs> Love to see a girl boss winning. Lexi, watch the first season. Let me know if it's worth watching. I will. I'll watch it today. Awesome. I've watched a lot of things over the past few weeks. Did anybody watch Squid Game after my recommendation last week? I watched it before your recommendation. Okay, hate you, and I watched bits and pieces. Okay, I haven't good. seen all of it yet, but it's the first episode good. was incredible. Oh my gosh! I when I tell you, I gasped. I literally gasped because I didn't have anything spoiled for me. I just really? like saw. I just saw on TikTok them making like little cookies, and I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> Oh, lot. No, was not prepared. Was not prepared. I, I wish I could have gone into it with that. Because I already had it kind of spoiled. Someone's just like, oh, it's just like um, Korean Hunger Games. I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, this, not really, not really. But I, I uh, feel it. I will tell you, the end gets you. Like, y- you, even though you oh, know, I know the twist. what's going on. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I didn't know. Like I watched I, it blind. Like I said, everything's been spoiled. I think I looked up oh. something once and they're like, this Squid Game um, secret will have your mind blown, and it has like the big red arrow pointing at the, you know, the like, the oh. spoiler. I'm like, oh, neat. Not I actually bad. really liked. I watched this TikTok. I've fallen down a TikTok hole, everyone. By the way, <gasps> I Welcome. was so strong and was like, that is a stupid app. I hate it. Get me away from that. Oh child my gosh, shit. my I spend six hours in that. I love that app. Um, Ed empty just, app. All the Matrix references were really fun for me. All the red pill, blue pill stuff. That was cool. It was very cool. Um, Squid Game is good. Alexis, have you watched Parasite? No, but I want to after watching Squid Game. Can we watch a movie night? I will. I will. I'll watch it. Because I've I've watched Squid Game. I finished Invincible. Fantastic. Um, I finished The Crown. Nothing new there. I definitely knew everything that happened there because it's life. But um, no spoilers there. (sighs) This has been a fun tangent. Can you tell we've had guests for a while? So now we just talk yeah. to each other. I know we haven't been able to be friends. <laughs> oh, it's been so long. It has been. We love our guests. It's always fun. It's just sometimes nice to baloney around with each other. Exactly. Yeah, Dallas and I texted that the other day. We're like, we like to be on our podcast a little too much for people. And we have guests. <laughs> We have to be professionals when we have guests. Exactly. We have to, we have to put have on to our ties. Brain. We have to put on our ties and be like, coloring. And then when it's just <laughs> us, we're like, coloring book? Question mark. <laughs> uh, Say, so we don't have to do big brain today. I didn't even need a breakfast today. So we're just like, this is just me as I am. No, no extra help from anything. Beautiful. Do we have any more thoughts about Lock and Key? Are we going to read the second half oh. of this series next month? Probably. Yes. If you want, yes. Yeah, it's up to Lexi. 
Yeah, I that's my choice. Yeah. We'll finish it because I'm probably going to finish it today because I'm curious. So, okay. Word. Fancy. I like it. I oh, will read um, it next month. We do have <laughs> one more thing to talk about. One, because we haven't talked about the secondary antagonist yet. Um, Hillbilly Killer Murder. Boy. Yeah. I hate him. <laughs> he's icky. He's icky. He's drawn icky. I think he's the only character in here who the cartoony style really suits for. Cause he's, they draw him like a murderous toad, like literally toad from the X Men. That's the, yeah. That's what he reminds me of. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. You ain't wrong. Um, sad backstory doesn't excuse him being an icky person. Yeah, I no. almost had a hard time with serial killers, actually, in horror. That's like the one bit of horror that I really don't like. I don't like true crime. I don't like I don't like the movie Seven very much. Really? Yeah, it really it gives me the willies. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that there are like really actually evil shit in the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. I even oh, like really? like See, I don't I really like that shit. I don't like demon stuff, really. I don't like oh, serial demons? killers Ooh. because I'm like I can't suspend my belief enough to enjoy this. I just start to be like, think less of humanity, basically. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, I like slashers. I like monster movies because slashers Mm -hmm. just are monster movies. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I like when there's an entity that has no semblance of reality shows up to scare me. Say it's funny because I'm like the opposite. It's like I don't like demon movies. It's like I know what a demon is. Like just exercise the shit. Just who cares? <laughs> just call a priest and it's done. It's a one day ordeal. See, <laughs> I just have to. It's a lazy afternoon. Ooh. <laughs> call up some Catholics. Conjuring number three. That's all I need to say. Leave it at that. First oh, thirty yo. minutes of that movie scared Didn't me shitless. Ugh, I went to the crypts underneath the cathedral in new york mm-hmm. it was very spoopy love that <laughs> are you gonna go to the paris um catacombs when you travel this 100 yes. oh my god 100 yeah, and i'm definitely I'm... after reading from hell i'm gonna go on a jack the ripper tour in london 100 <gasps> can i go <laughs> ooh, ooh. no ooh. <laughs> Okay. Screw mom. Nobody needs to go to Christmas this year. No, I'd be sad if you I live in this state and I won't go. Huh? You want to see told her the yet? Christmas? You want I have. Do you want to see the Christmas present I got her? Yes. Yes. Oh, actually, I just mailed it. My bad. Uh, I got it for her birthday, actually. What is it? So the artist Chris Schweitzer, who is amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Everyone follow Chris Schweitzer on Twitter. He was at Comic-Con, and he does these really beautiful little paper dolls of all the different Santa Clauses from around the world. <laughs> And our mother Mom is, a, is such a Santa Claus fiend. She, she loves, loves to collect Santa Clauses. So I got her these really oh. beautiful, ornate Santa Claus paper dolls. You know what she needs to do? She needs to come to Ohio. We I live um, next to Clifton. The Clifton Mill was on like t- national TV a while ago for its like light shows. They have the world's largest Santa collection. Oh, she loves love that. She would it's love that. Fantastic. She likes to line I, them all up. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite. I I will go this winter and I will send you video that you can show her. Do it. She'll love that. That's so fantastic. Have you guys seen Netflix's Klaus? Yes. yes. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. Cry. That is my favorite hidden gem movie ever. That's my yes. favorite Christmas movie ever. I'm gonna Christmas make my kids watch that shit. I watch it every year since it came out. I watched it the year it came out. I watch it every year since. I love that movie. Crocodile Tears. I. I love Halloween. Don't get me wrong. Freaking bats. Oh, I love yeah, Halloween. Halloween. 
but <laughs> I love Christmas so much. Mm-hmm. Can we read Christmas books? Are there Christmas yeah. comics? Yeah, it was already my plan. I'm reading. We're reading a Santa Claus comic called Klaus. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's Grant oh, Morrison, but Lexi, I think you're really gonna like it. Ah! You're gonna lo- no, you're gonna <laughs> love it. It's kidding. not weird in the slightest. It's pretty straightforward. Grant Morrison basically made the decision in their adult life where they're like, man, I really had to show everyone how smart I was when I was making comics. Like, you know what would be so much cooler if I just wrote really smart comics that were so cool? So, like, if you wanted to peel layers, great. But if you didn't, you could just have fun reading it. Wouldn't that be cooler? And Alexis mm-hmm. said yes. See, and so as that's soon what as I AP English... I said, no more deep thinking for me ever again. Never, <laughs> never again. I'm not going to college. Nope. <laughs> it's okay. See, this podcast is all about putting us out of our comfort zones. Like, this was out of my comfort zone because I'd given up on this book already. You're going to read some more Grant Morrison. And Dallas, um, how much, how can I persuade you to get um, My Friend Dahmer as a book we read onto this podcast <gasps> if you don't like serial killers that much? I love because that movie. That movie's good. The book is amazing. The book is incredible. Wait, is and it a book or a comic? It's a graphic novel. <gasps> the movie was adapted from the graphic novel. And the graphic Who novels... Three, we're reading it. Yeah, see? Oh, yeah. And you should have told me that that book existed. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had to read this shit. I think it's on Comixology Unlimited. I think you can <gasps> literally read it right now if you wanted to. Hi, Dallas. You get really I close to the camera. Killers. You don't know anything about me. It's I love serial killers and crime. <laughs> and I would know how to get away with the perfect murder. So everyone watch yourselves because I listen to a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dallas, remember how many issues of Spider-Man have you made Lexi read so oh, far? Too many. Too- Fine, I'll read Jeffrey Dahmer. Many. Boom. <sighs> we can read it. <laughs> I'm adding it to the list right now. All right, throw You're it You're welcome. Read it in December right. for all I care. Should we, yeah, do it for a Christmas book. Should we do some of our listener questions? Yes. And then we'll set Alexis free and do our 10 comics of the week. Yes, which I definitely prepared for. I definitely know what comics are coming out this week. (laughs) I prepared, suckerfish. All right. (laughs) Dear the Comics Collective, uh, this is from Luke Dieppe Nguyen. Um, I have been listening to your podcast for several months now, and y'all are the best podcast on comics for me. Thank you. You have introduced me to many great comics and writers like Captain Marvel by Kelly Thompson, Kelly Thompson in general, and Roger Stern. Less introduced, but more made me want to read them. Yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> Roger Stern, Spider-Man rules. Lexi couldn't read. <sighs> right off the bat, Nick Spencer Spider-Man is my favorite post One More Day Spider-Man run. My comic book, Introduction to Spider-Man. Maybe I am not the best in reading comics. My favorite superheroes are The Flash and Spider-Man. My comic book introduction to Flash is Josh Williamson's The Flash, so Barry Allen has a special place in my heart, but I am currently reading Mark Wade's The Flash and the current Jeremy Adams Flash run, so Wally West is my favorite Flash. That Mark Wade Flash is great. We'll read it on here eventually. Um, I never really got sucked into Stan Lee's Spider-Man until the If This Be My Destiny arc, so I think Gwen Stacy is my favorite Spider-Man love interest slash side character. If I want to read more Captain Marvel besides Kelly Thompson run, would you recommend any? I just wanted to email you as a fan, and after so much Nick Spencer bashing, I had to write this email. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Oh, I'm so well, happy you liked it. I wish yeah. I liked it. Say, I want to, if I could start this, just like, if you like something, never let anyone else 
saying they don't like it ruin that for you. Like hold that tight and hold that dear. And if it if something I don't like works for you, I'm so happy. I literally couldn't be happier because I'm glad that someone got enjoyment out of something I didn't. I think that's incredible. I'm really happy that someone likes the Spencer run because it does get bashed a lot. And we are guilty of that sometimes too. Glares at Dallas. But yeah. I'm just, <laughs> if it works for someone, that's incredible. That's awesome. I think that's really special. No, I, um, I really envy you. You got three years yeah. out of a character that I love that I didn't get. I wish I had liked it. So I'm super happy that you like it. Um, exactly. Also glad you like Roger Stern's Spider-Man. I think that is an excellent <laughs> Spider-Man run. Alexis might disagree. <laughs> I don't know. Did just, you like the Hobgoblin stuff, Alexis? I did like the Hobgoblin stuff. I just like to, it's a character for me at this point <laughs> to just hate everything Dallas likes. I will tell you, I will tell everyone right now, I am not this mean in real life. A little bit, but not 100%. A little bit. <laughs> but no, it's just really fun to bully Dallas. That's kind of my whole life. That's why I was born. So, <laughs> Perfect. And was the other part of the question, like, where else to go for Captain Marvel? Yeah, what else to read after um, you've read Kelly Thompson? After Kelly Thompson, if you haven't read the um, Life of Captain Marvel mini, read that because that ties directly into the Thompson run that comes right before it. And a lot of the stuff that happens there informs what happens in that second arc with Star. Oh, my voice just like did a thing. Never mind. Um, read that Read that mini and also check out um, Kelly Sue DeConnick's run. It's split in two, but don't let anyone tell you it's not one run because Marvel just likes their number ones. Um, because that has a lot of fun stuff too. The Avengers, um, the Enemy Within, like crossover that she had, is probably one of her best stories, and that's definitely a good good one to read. And if you want to go back even further than that, if you want to go through the entire Busick um, Avengers epic that has Carol struggling to overcome her alcoholism and learning to be a better person that way and dealing with a lot of a lot of shit that she had been through in the last couple decades, that's also a pretty good place to go. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Uh... <laughs> Go read Chris Claremont. I'm sure she gets tied up at some point uh, in the Chris Claremont run. So I haven't read it myself. Can't but. confirm. <laughs> Cannot confirm. She does no get thrown idea. off a bridge, though. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. Good. yeah. We love to see a 1970s dame get thrown off a bridge. As Spider-Man fans. <laughs> she was saved by a Spider-Woman. <gasps> Wife. That was Women actually how her and Jess met. That, that was how they met the first time, is Jessica oh, saved oh. her life. Damsel. Damsel in distress. Damsel in distress. Ooh. <laughs> I I personally am gonna read the Kelly Sudaconic run pretty soon of Captain Marvel. Fun. So yes. Yeah. It's, it's a fun run for me. There's like a lot of good moments. It doesn't have a lot of like overarching plot or anything like that. There's just a lot of things that happen. But it was like right towards the end of like Secret War and like Marvel's like shuffling a lot of things around. So it's like it didn't have a stable foundation, and I, that's kind of what I blame for it. But there's a lot of good stories there, a lot of a lot of fun to have. So I think you'll enjoy it. And I also I think Kelly Sue is someone you either really like or really don't. That, <laughs> if that makes sense. That's also a mood. Mm -hmm. She has a very specific writing style that I really like. Like I loved her mm -hmm. Aquaman. I like Pretty Deadly. So I anticipate really liking her Captain Marvel. All right. Next. Yeah. So again, just if you like something that I am petty enough to make fun of on this podcast, <laughs> realize I'm an idiot. I don't know any better than you do. Like, if you like something and I don't, 
you're probably right. Honestly, mm-hmm. I would love to be shown the thing to like about the comic. I like liking things. Mm-hmm. Art is subjective. Exactly. And we like arguing, so bring it on. Unless we're talking about <laughs> Spider-Man villains, then the stupider the better. That is subjective. <laughs> Morlon with a quilt. He is stupid. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Juni Mauricio writes, Hello, everyone. Since you're all reading Lock and Key this episode, I have two questions for you. What's your favorite key so far? And would you all live in the key house for the chance of using the key's powers, or are the existential nightmare for most of them way too freaky to risk it? Is that the where the horror lies? Is in the existential nature of the keys? Maybe. I don't think we've seen enough of that pay off yet. Are I we think... just too dumb to know? Are we too dumb to be scared? <gasps> Is oh, that the whole too... point? Did we miss the whole point of this damn book? We've we've been We're too dumb to be like... scared. Cape shit for so long. We're like, oh, key that opens up a door to anywhere. Pfft, that's it. That's that's everything. Oh. Midnighter has one of those. It's fine. Being, being able to open your mind and pluck anything out. Charles Xavier, anyone? <laughs> oh, uh, identity crisis, anyone? Oh God. <laughs> I think we kind of talked about favorite keys. Mm-hmm. Um, but would you all live in Key House? I think so. Yeah. Like it's. The type of fantasy that doesn't give me existential dread, it's the type of fantasy that's like, I almost kind of wish it did exist in the real world, because I like the idea that our world is more exciting than we give it credit for. Yeah. Because we don't know what's behind the keys. We don't know if there's, like, any nefarious purpose. We don't know what the Omega key does. Yeah, I really want to know what that bitch does. Tell me. Yeah. Like, also the Omega door in the cave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That definitely is what that opens. By the way, that dead body at the bottom of the cave, was that? That was totally I think dodge. that was the. That was. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's cute. And the, the weird it. thing clamped to the back of Dodge. Yeah. Also, what the I want to know more. See, it's a good book. I we want to know more. finish it. We'll finish it. We it's, a good, finish this book. it's a good mystery, if nothing else. It's a good mystery. It makes me want to know what's going on. Yeah. And he, he described that thing on his back as a key. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I like it. Um, <laughs> I also like just uh, the keys. I'll feel like an advent calendar, sort of, mm-hmm. yeah. where I want to see what they open, and I'm always very excited by what's on the other side. It's a good book. I like this book. All right. Glenn Machette says, if each of you could make your own key, what would it do and why? That's a good question. <gasps> oh, that's a good question. God. My goodness, Glenn. Mm. This is why we like Glenn. This is why we pay him to answer to yeah. a set of questions. <laughs> Glenn's an awesome person, and I hope he's doing well this week. Me too. I like that guy. I'm bad at responding to his DMs. So here in person via this (laughs) podcast, Glenn, no, I like you. I just am bad at answering DMs. Uh, I always feel so guilty about my DMs. Just don't just do what I do and don't look. Good. Ever. <laughs> okay, here's one. How about a key that you use it and it makes multiple versions of you? Like every time you walk through a door, there's another one. And then all of you walk through the door again, you come back as the one person. You have one person go to work while the other one stays home. <gasps> all right, yeah. all right. So That's here's the existential key. dread of that. I got to ask, would you guys bang your clone? No. Discuss. <laughs> existential Alexis, dread? Is that... Alexis would not bang her clone. No. Okay. I'd I'm bang my clone. Okay. I'd bang my clone. <laughs> I'm gonna say no just to make it make you seem like the weirdest person ever. I just dude, I don't care. That dude's hot as shit. I'd be That's like That's not the problem. It's just clingy problems. It's just what? 
clingy, too clingy. <laughs> she's, she's too clingy. Electrical thing herself because she's too clingy. Get feeling. <laughs> this, oh, wait, Loki just entered the chat. That's interesting. <laughs> that is yep. funny. Yeah, you're all prudes. Loki was fun. A story about banging yourself, that rules. Come on. Have you? Do you watch Doctor Who, either one of you? I watched all of the ninth Doctor and thought it was fine. Oh my gosh, that that you need to. Um, we're we're gonna have a t- conversation later. But there's an episode where um one of the Doctor's enemies, another time where the Master shows up, and there's two of them, one regeneration, which is a male, one is a female, and they have a moment in the barn where they he just kind of like stares at her, like, um, am I bad for? And she's like, yes, very, very. Get your man and got her. That's just one of my favorite jokes. It's people keep talking about it, but leaving it at that. I'll throw, I, would bang, I would bang my clone. Alexis, what is your key? I'm still thinking about banging <laughs> myself. Is it incest wait, 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 or no. masturbation? Wait, no. Okay, Dallas, which one of you is the bottom? Which one's the top? How do you decide if you're the same person? Clone Ooh, is the bottom. Yeah, clone, clone is bottom. Come on. <laughs> I, am pole, he, I am pole. He is whole. Come on. See, oh, light bulb. I've got it. I've got it. Okay, I would want a key that if I put it into my front door, it would clean the entire house perfectly, <sighs> and then I would oh. never have to do anything. Oh, okay, well, shit, yes. Um, that is good. That is a really I good one. I hate cleaning up after my dog. I was going to use my key for that, like get a bunch of versions of me to just clean the house. You just skipped that. You just yep. made my key obsolete. It just mops oh, the floors, dusts all the weird crannies that I can never remember, like the top of the refrigerator. Um, yep. Yep, there. that's it. Right there. there. Dallas? Uh, I don't know, because... What initially came to my head was a key that, like, basically expands my mind to, like, think about things that I haven't thought about before. But I was like, that's just the mind key. They already invented that. (laughs) The key that helps you understand coloring in comics. (laughs) Yes. Um... I've always wanted to talk to animals ever since I was a Uh, kid. uh I want a key to talk to animals. Yeah. And the keyhole's on my tongue. (laughs) (laughs) It's the keyhole in, like, the back of the animal, but no, that's Come here, cat. <laughs> Why Come is here, that instantly what like, I thought of, too? <laughs> because we have the big brain idea. Dallas yep. is just like, tongue, talk, easy. Yep. Big brain. Did you guys see the little jewel that covers up cat butthole? Did the, Did you yes. guys see that on the internet? Yes. Um, that made me laugh pardon? so hard. Plug. There's like a jewel that you can like hang from your cat's tail that will like cover its butt. Oh my god, yes. Oh, and it looked like why a did... cat had a little butt plug, and it was okay. so funny. Okay. okay, fair question. Why didn't they just use that in the Cats movie? Just <laughs> Taylor Swift as cats with a butt plug. I in. still have never seen that movie, and I never will. I no haven't either. Pay me enough. Jeez, Louise. Dallas, have you seen that movie? Yes. No. Okay. No. I make good choices. Apparently, we all do. Love that. No one all right, wants to moving see James on. Corden as a cat. I don't want to see James Corden as that. anything. Exactly, because he's weird. He's a weird dude. All right, Matt Keaton writes, Hey, Comics Collective, love your all's show almost as much as I love Lock and Key. I'm sorry this episode wasn't better. I assure you part two will probably be <laughs> I like be it. Be my friend. No, no. I like the comic. I'm saying our episode has been oh, kind of shit. Yeah. ADHD, and... the episode. 
and all so, four episodes are kind of a seven out of ten. <laughs> and it's you know there's things about the book we can't talk about yet because we haven't finished the whole thing. So it's like there's exactly. I'm sure there's a lot we of things we could have touched on, but <laughs> the first half it's been great so far, Matt. Um, love your old show almost as much as I love Lock and Key, which is saying a lot given that I've got a Lock and Key tattoo. Oh, I got to meet wow. Joe Hill last year, and he even asked if he could show my tattoo on his Instagram. See attached. My question is, which of the keys would you most want to have access to, and which one is your favorite Ooh. aesthetically? I like that question. Ooh. Aesthetically. Keep up the great work and help you all finish the series, one of my favorite endings in comics. Matt, we are going to finish the series. Got us. We liked it enough. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I want to have a big brain conversation about it once we have finished it all, because I do feel bad. <laughs> this was mostly yeah. critiques and doodling around. Um, so I don't know if you can see my screen. Oh, great. Awesome. My background. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, cool. Oh, I saw, okay, I saw I it. It's the Omega key. Yes. Yeah, he's got the Omega That's key on awesome. his wrist. That's pretty dope. That makes me want to know what the Omega key is all about. I know. So I was actually thinking about it. It's like, what if you open the door, <laughs> use the Omega key, put it in a lock, open the door, and it's just apocalypse on the other side, and Darkseid's <laughs> like, who the fuck? <laughs> Where am I? I'd be so happy. Me and Darkseid would be... <laughs> I'd be like, what up? I I disbelieve in everything you say, but I think you're the greatest villain in all of comics. And maybe in all of fiction. I love that guy. Would you invite him to come sit on your couch? My face, maybe. Huh? Did you read Infinite Frontier? Come on. I fucking <laughs> I just wanted to see what she would do. Uh, sometimes I just you're, say things just to get a reaction, honestly. You're beyond hope. Just I give up. Everything you say is for a reaction. You're not wrong. All right. What is our favorite key aesthetically? I really love that question. I think I'm, I remember I, key that goes, you know, the one that um, Dodge put in the crown. Is that the, the ghost key or the shadow key? The shadow key. Yeah. With the, I think that the one, candle like, on with it. The crown and everything. Badass. That was super dope. I, I loved the giant key being like part of the house. I thought that yeah. was really wonderful. And the window. And I'm looking at the list of keys right now. I'm yeah, I'm looking at all of them, <laughs> and it's kind of cheating because there's keys on here we haven't seen yet. There's one exactly. with like a little harlequin design, and I'm like, that's kind of terrifying. Does that open a circus? I don't want it. Key. No, thank you. The music key. There's a music key that looks really, really interesting. Ooh. It's got like I'm the little um treble key at the top, and it's got um some eighth notes at the bottom. It's really kind of cool. See, I'm very excited about this about finishing this series i think talking about this book made me like it more i think so too like it's like it's i didn't fun. hate it i think it was like the first volume was like a six out of five for me and like the next volumes were both like sevens maybe 7.5 so it's getting up it keeps getting better as we go so yeah. i have faith in the next couple volumes and it was fun to read even yeah i volume one wasn't my favorite but i feel like it had to be bad though mm -hmm. like it was building up everything yeah, I liked it. I'm very excited to read the rest. Okay, those are all of our... Or Alexis, you said Shadow Key. And did you actually answer, or did you just say keys that you think look cool that we haven't met yet? She's looking at keys. <laughs> Wait, okay, say that again. Sorry, what? <laughs> I was just... I was absorbed by this picture of Joe Hill. I'm like, oh my god. He, he looks like James Tinian and Stephen King had a kid. <laughs> they did, and named it Joe Hill. Uh, um, I said, did you actually answer what key you think? Yeah, is I, most I really like. Pleasing? 
I really like the music key and I also really like the gender key. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. The gender key is cool. Um, all right. Those are our questions about lock and key thus far. Again, we can confirm we're going to read the rest of this next month mm-hmm. for Lexi's pick. Uh, Alexis, do you have anything you want to say to the people before we switch over to 10 comics of the week? Mm, well, no, but I'm glad that everybody kind of sort of ended up liking this book because I picked it, so y'all better freaking like it. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. I liked this conversation. I feel like it'll be fun to continue it with the the second part. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. It'll be good. It'll be good. I agree. I also like splitting them up like this. It makes me more me excited to read them. Mm-hmm. When we used to binge the whole thing, I used to feel like out. there was too much to talk about in just one episode. And then you wouldn't talk about anything. Oh, Alexis, I don't think you know the news. Saga's coming back in January. I saw the Twitter post. <laughs> I just don't tweet. I'm on Twitter. Well, that's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, better no, read the first to, I better get around to reading Saga finally. Yeah, it's not like we have been reading it the whole time. I, I've literally never read it. I'm just good at BSing. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. That's, oh my gosh, I got, I posted last night just about the, um, elect, the girl Electro, I forget what her name is, mm-hmm. and I'm like, apparently she's been around for like five or seven years. I don't read comics, y'all. It's just a joke, and someone actually DM'd me this morning, God bless them, saying, you don't read comics? Then what? Hold up. I'm like, who are you? I'm so sorry. (laughs) The sarcasm. I I promise I read comics. I promise. (sighs) That's the whole brand. That's the whole brand right there. It's the whole thing. The brand is talking. I don't have to read them. Exactly. (laughs) Tweet. Tweeter. That's the brand. (sighs) Word. All right, Lexi. We'll set you free. Well, have fun talking about comic books that I'm not going to read. Watch Parasite. Until we make you. Oh, I am going to go watch Parasite. Yeah, honestly, pro tip, just if we're going to read another Grant Morrison, just don't tell me it's by Grant Morrison, and I won't know. <laughs> That's why I, I wasn't going to tell. And tattled. <laughs> I don't I, look. I don't ever look who it's by. That's why I don't know who anybody is. So. Good. All right. Adios, okay. Alexis. Hello. Bye. Bye. All right. And I get to go first because my list okay. is short this week. I, don't we have like 10 we do i just i personally am not picking up 10 books and so if you oh, steal mine oh. i'm up a crick never mind go for all it all right my first pick is superman and the authority number four mm-hmm. i am very excited i'm going to reread this whole series number one through number four once it's all out i think it's been a wonderful story from the lovely grant morrison and I recommend you pick it up because it really speaks to where Grant is as a comics creator now, where just fun stories are at the center and commentary is a little bit more buried than it used mm-hmm. to be. Nice. I, that's one of the ones I'm definitely looking forward to. I just realized it's in my review box. I should probably give that a look. Um, I'm going to go with the Joker number eight, Strong Lady. Okay, Dallas, Strong. back to you. Strong. I am going to go with Maze Book Number Two by Jeff Lemire. Number one was one of my favorite single issues of the whole year. And finding out that it wasn't going to be a one shot, but it was going to be a series, made me so happy. Nice. This is the Jeff Lemire that made Essex County is finally back. 
Okay, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say Batman Urban Legends number eight because our gay icon, um, Kate Kane, is back. I'm ready to see some more Batwoman. She has been well underserved during Infinite Frontier. It's anytime you can go out and support an LGBTQ book, please do it. I would love to see these characters actually be regulars and not just keep popping up in scattered minis through the year. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. What's up, all you little LGBTs? Pick up Shang-Chi number five. <laughs> and <laughs> Shang-Chi number five. And support my boy, Jean Luen Yang. Exactly. This man, is a, he's a real-life genius. He mm-hmm. won the MacArthur Genius Grant, the only certified genius in comics, and the poor guy gets his books canceled every day. So if you all aren't picking up Shang-Chi, or if you pirate Shang-Chi... I will come to your house and kick your butt. <laughs> Read this book. Oh my gosh. Oh, so um, you know how last week I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna be recommending a bat book. I just realized the first three books I'm recommending here are actually bat books. Yeah. And I yeah. have to recommend um Batman the Imposter number one, because mm. this is written by the same person who wrote the screenplay for the upcoming Batman movie with our favorite vampire in it. So everyone needs to, if you want to know what the movie is going to be like, and you want to know like the tone, I'm guessing this is going to be the best place to go. Cause we're all kind of still worried, like what that Batman's going to be like. You should check this book out. I've, I've checked it out myself and I'm just saying you should, you should check it out. I'm not going to say if it was good or not. I'm just saying it's worth a look. So. <laughs> um, all right. My next pick is going to be Kang the Conqueror. Number three. This miniseries has been a super sleeper hit for me. I love King the Conqueror, and it's really fun to see the miniseries actually be good and not just kind of be schlock. So pick it up. It's very great. Love that. Not just schlock. Um, I'm going to go ahead for my fourth. I'm going to say Gamma Flight number five. And if you don't want to pick it up on its last issue, let this be the reminder that the trade's probably going to be coming out in a couple months. So keep an eye out for that. This is going to be the last time that we have Marvel's like one and only trans character for a little while. So um, yeah, go support that book. Um, Crystal Frazier and Al Ewing have been doing a great job. Like I've said before, it's all the fun of Immortal Hulk, but without the ickiness of having to buy something that Joe Bennett drew. So go check that out. All right, perfect. And my final recommendation is, to joyous applause, Amazing Spider-Man number 76. See, I I didn't take it from you this time. I loved issue 75. I thought it was so fun. And I think Zeb Wells and company really have a handle on what makes Peter Parker great. And I am excited for this 19-part story. Nice. It's going to be something special. I really think it is. Oh, and you're talking about um, your cat splashing water on your um, your your omnibus. I mm-hmm. took my copy of Spider-Man number 75 into work the other day in a bat, the same bag I got it from from the comic store, and it started raining before I got inside. And it was the top comic on the stack. And guess oh. what happened? Oh. Yeah, oh. it wasn't bagged and boarded from no, the shop. No, because I was gonna read it. Punk, punk folio. <laughs> okay bad comic fan bad comic fan i was i was looking to see if there's anything else um because you took most of my like non-bat books this week i'm gonna go ahead and say x-men number four because i'm actually liking this run a lot so far i think it's a lot of fun and the cover is really cool i don't know if anyone knows this but the headless horseman is like one of my favorite um like monsters of all time it used to terrify me as a kid did you ever watch wish wishbone dallas as a kid i, I did not 
Oh my god, the Wishbone Legend of Sleepy Hollow special, terrifying. I adored it, and it was fantastic. Nightmares about it for years. That's like the best compliment I can give any horror thing. And yeah, that stuck with me. So just just for this cover alone, just for your spooky cover alone, I'm saying X-Men number four. I like it. And that has been your 10 comics Woo! of the week for October 13th. So this fine new comic book day, please go out and... Pick up some comics at your comic store. Log on to Comixology. Pick up some comics. Um, and don't tweet about. Don't tweet at me about the Bat books. I know I betrayed everything I stood for. Leave me alone. Feel free to make fun of her. More people need to be mean to Anne. That is the Lord's truth. All right, let's go into the wrap up. <laughs> If you like the show and want to hear more from us of the week, or if you want to be mean to me, please follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, or you can reach each of us at, at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Taylor underscore one, two, three. Perfect. All right. Uh, if you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review, and we will read it off on the show. Nope. Okay, nope, shaking my head. Um, and finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. This isn't just for Glenn, this is for everyone. So please send us everything. That is true, not just for Glenn. <laughs> All right, see you next week for our episode on Anne's spooky pick, Ooh. Mimatic. Yeah, I'm so excited for this one. I just, <laughs> someone recommended it to me like, two months ago and i'm like what is this because they just shared the meme from the books the whole thing is about this meme that like curses the world and it's like the weirdest thing i'm like what is this and they're like you have to read it and everyone's talking like cult terms like they're in the book and like okay this is this is really interesting and it absorbed me it's only three issues long i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it i'm very excited i had heard of it before you recommended it and it was on my list so i'm very excited awesome cool cool all right everybody we'll see you next week see ya Bye. Bye.